G'day everyone, my name is Stephen, and welcome to another episode of the Bamboo History Podcast. For those of you who are new, this podcast is a podcast about Chinese and East Asian history. If you like this sort of content, please subscribe to my podcast to keep on top of the latest episodes and to tune in to the existing ones. I also have an Instagram at Bamboo History Podcast that contains visual content, teasers, and additional historical content too small to fit into a podcast. So please head onto my Instagram and follow me there too. Thanks. To all my existing listeners, thank you all for your continued support. Before I dive into this week's episode, I wanted to share with you that recently, my home city of Sydney, as well as the state of New South Wales in Australia, has been affected by severe rainfall and flooding. Whilst myself and my family have not been affected, others have not been as lucky. Many people have had to evacuate from their homes and to date around 47,000 people have been affected. If you would like to show a bit of support, whether you're from Sydney, from New South Wales, from Australia or from beyond, please head on to the New South Wales government website at nsw.gov.au forward slash floods to make a donation to support the residents, businesses and farmers that have been affected by the floods. That's nsw.gov.au forward slash floods. I'll put a link in the description box below. Okay, now let's get straight into today's episode. In light of the flooding that has happened in my area recently, today's episode is a myth about a great flood that occurred in China thousands of years ago and the efforts of one man to stop the flood and save China. This is the story of Da Yu Zhi Shui, or Da Yu Controls the Waters. The story is set more than 4,000 years ago. For those of you who tuned into my first episode on the Han Chinese people, I made a reference that the Han Chinese people originated under the leadership of a man named Huang Di, spelt H-U-A-N-G-D-I. Huang Di was also the first of the legendary five emperors, who were the first leaders of the Chinese civilization. However, whether or not they actually existed is up for debate. After Huang Di came Zhi, Z-H-I, and after Zhi came Yao, spelt Y-A-O. Yao ruled for 99 years between the years 2356 BCE to 2255 BCE. It was during Yao's reign that a great flood began in China. The Great Flood wasn't a small flood, it was a great flood, and it reached everywhere in China, and the water destroyed the land, filled up valleys and covered tall mountains. Many people lost their homes, their farmland, their livestock, and in many cases, their own lives. Seeing how catastrophic the flood was, Yao really wanted to help the people and tackle the flood. So Yao appointed a man named Gun to stop the flood. Gun is spelt G-U-N, and no, it's not pronounced Gun, it's pronounced Gun, and ironically means big fish in Chinese. It was a big moment for Gun, because up until then, he was only a little fish, and this was a chance for him to shine and become a big fish. (laughs) 
and he wanted to rise above the waters to the challenge and tackle the flood. Gun knew of a substance called Xirang that could stop the flood. Xirang, spelt X-I-R-A-N-G, was a magical soil that had the ability to self-expand and continuously grow. Gun thought that if he could use the Xirang, he could let the magical soil grow to the height of the floodwaters and could function like dikes which could control the floodwaters. The issue was, because Xirang was magical, it wasn't lying about everywhere for Gun to take and use. In fact, the gods owned Xirang. So Gun went and asked the gods for permission to use Xirang to control the flood. Jokes! Turns out, he wasn't a law-abiding citizen and instead stole the Xirang from the gods, which he used to construct the dikes, dams and embankments to stop the floods. And it worked. The floods were controlled. For a time. But the Great Flood never disappeared. The waters eventually broke through the dikes and dams Gwen had built, and as a result many more people died from these waters. To make matters worse, the gods had found out that Xirang had been stolen and got really angry at Gwen. It may have been anger from the gods, or it may have been poor construction that the floods broke through, but regardless of all of this, Gwen knew he had failed. Gwen then dies. How he dies is a matter of debate. Some say the gods execute him, others say that Yao executes him, and others say that he killed himself by jumping into the floodwaters. Nevertheless, before he dies, he does one last act. He throws all the pressure of controlling the flood to his son, Yu, who at this point has nothing to do with anything. I mean, imagine being forced into a job by your dying dad that carries the punishment of death if you fail. So not only does Gun suck at flood control, he also sucks at being a father. Then he dies. Rest in peace, big fish. You won't be missed. This is where our story's protagonist, Yu, comes in. Yu is spelt Y-U. After Yu accepted his father's job, the first thing he did was to analyse his father's mistakes and figure out why he had failed. Through this initial investigation, he realised that whilst his father had built up structures to stop the waters from flooding the land, he had failed to do something else that was equally important, and that was to redirect the water away to somewhere else where people would not be affected, for example, the ocean. So instead of following his father's method, Yu led a group of workers up onto the mountains to survey the best locations to redirect the floodwaters, and they then began to construct waterways to redirect the flood. During this project, a major challenge they encountered was that along the Yellow River was a large mountain called Lungmen Mountain. Lungmen spelt L-O-N-G-M-E-N. The Lungmen Mountain had a very narrow channel for the river water to pass, which meant it was really easy for the water to force its way out of the channel and flood onto the nearby lands, causing havoc to the local people. Yu and his men went to the mountain and created a large opening in the mountain, giving more space for the water to pass through. That opening was later named Yu Menkou, or in English, Yu's Gateway. The entire project took 13 years to complete, but their efforts paid off, with nine waterways constructed, which redirected most of the floodwaters into the ocean, and other waters were channeled to irrigate farmland and even distributed water to dry areas that had been suffering from drought. 
Yu's project had such success that flooding no longer occurred, and the Chinese culture once again flourished in the Yellow River region. For being a hero, Yu became known as Da Yu, which in English means Yu the Great. Yu was a hero not for just saving China from the Great Flood, but he was also praised for his commitment to the cause. Yu worked tirelessly to build the waterways with the other workers, to the extent that his hands and feet were full of calluses. Most supervisors would have just sat back, ugh, and let the workers do all the manual labour. But no, not our boy Yu. He actively participated in the construction of the waterways and the dredging, and he also ate and slept with the workers as if he was one of them as well. Yu was a hero to many, but maybe not to his wife. You see, the story goes that he had only been married for four days before he was given the task of tackling the floods. Think about it from Yu's perspective. He had just gotten married to the love of his life. They had probably even planned a honeymoon to the Maldives together, and they were getting ready to be together forever. When all of a sudden, you have to leave all of that behind to do a job that was tiring, time-consuming, and also deadly. It's like if you just got married, and all of a sudden you were told to go somewhere for work where you wouldn't be able to see each other for 13 years. Whew, jeez. And the thing is, for you, he had opportunities to return home. During this 13-year-long project, he walked past his house three times, Each time he walked past, he was tempted to walk inside. But then he thought to himself, if I was absent for even a second on this project, that would be valuable time wasted to help the people affected by these floods. Thinking of this hurt him deeply, and because of that, he shrugged off his personal desires for the greater good. What was even more painful was that, the first time he passed his house, he could hear his wife's cries for labour as she was giving birth to his son. The second time he passed his house, he could hear his young son cry, Dad, Dad, where are ya? Where are ya, Dad? Crying for his father. But each of these times, including the third time, Yu did not return home, knowing that his mission was his first and foremost priority. Yu's commitment was recognised, and after the flood stopped, the leader at the time, Shun, spelt S-H-U-N, named Yu as his successor, knowing that he would be a worthy leader for China. So in the year 2070 BCE, Yu became the leader of China and established the Xia dynasty, China's first ever recorded dynasty, Xia spelt X-I-A. The Xia dynasty would last for almost 500 years. As listeners may now be wondering, was anything that I mentioned above real? The simple answer is, probs not. There are no written documents or any archaeological evidence from the supposed era that Yu existed to prove that the flooding event and Yu's efforts existed. All of the accounts of Yu and the Great Flood were written afterwards, for example in the Bamboo Annals or the Zhu Shu Ji Nian, which was written in the Warring States period in the 3rd century BCE more than a thousand years after the supposed flood and Yu happened. In 2016, archaeological evidence was found that a major flooding event had indeed occurred at the Yellow River region in central China around the year 1920 BCE. 
which then coincided with the rise of different cultures around the area afterwards. Whilst it is still later than the time period of the Great Flood stated in ancient Chinese recounts, it could provide a theory that perhaps the story of Yu was based off a real person who had tackled the real-life floods. Until then, without concrete physical evidence, we will need to assume that Yu was a mythical figure and that what happened wasn't real. So yeah, that's it. That's the story of how one man stopped a great flood and saved all of China. Even if this story isn't real, there are still so many things we can learn from it. One example is, we can apply Yu's methods of tackling the floods into our day-to-day work or projects. Like him, it's important to evaluate past failures to prevent future ones, and to also do your due diligence and analysis, for example what he did when he was surveying the land on top of the mountains, and to do all of that before taking action. In addition, his commitment to tackling the floodwaters to the point of not visiting his family in 13 years should be admired. I'm not saying that we should not see our families, but we should tackle each task we have with full commitment and dedication. I hope all of you enjoyed this episode and learnt something new. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast to check out my new and existing content, and please also follow my Instagram too, at Bamboo History Podcast. If you have any feedback, topic suggestions and comments, please slide into my DMs on Instagram or send me an email. My email address is in the description box below. Lastly, I wanted to remind everyone to visit nsw.gov.au forward slash floods if you wanted to contribute to the efforts of tackling the recent floods that have swept through Sydney and the state of New South Wales. To the police, paramedics, firefighters, SES volunteers, and anyone else helping to tackle the floods and helping the flood victims, You are all bloody rippers, and you are all our heroes. To all of you, you are all the modern counterparts of you, the great, and thank you for assisting with the flood efforts. To all our listeners, that is the end of today's show. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your day and evening, and I'll see you all next time on the Bamboo History Podcast. Bye for now.